0: Welcome to the Re-Review Podcast, where we watch movies from our past with a perspective from today. Your hosts are Matt, Bobby, and Austin. We have an immense love for the films of our youth, so we're taking a look back to see if they still hold up. On this episode, we're discussing Darkman. Released in 1990, directed by Sam Raimi, starring Liam Neeson, Francis McDormand, and Colin Friel's, this movie tells a revenge story of a man left for dead. Now, this is a fair warning. We're spoiling a 31 year old movie. So, if you haven't seen it, we will be revealing key plot points. This was Bobby's choice. So, he'll open up our discussion this week. Bobby, tell us how you felt about Dark Man.
1: Yeah. So, I've chose Dark Man because I watched it when I was, I mean, pretty young, and I rented it. And watched it on home video. And I remember when I was a kid just liking the movie a whole lot and not having seen it since then, you know. So let's say I I don't want to date myself too much, but let's say at least like a 20-year gap. (laughs) Pretty big gap. And and so, yeah, it could be bigger, but um somewhere along there, and I thought, all right, let's just revise this because hey it's got Sam Raimi it's got you know and he did Spider-Man and he's going to do the new Doctor Strange movie and and uh, I think that Liam Neeson is really good I think Francis McDormand is really good so yeah um so watching it again I definitely had a different different outlook coming through but I mean I want to just just touch on some of the things that I really did enjoy I mean basically 1990 was you know it especially this movie like with you know superhero movies just starting up again with Batman um the 1989 Michael Keaton Batman coming i mean there was a lot of this movie that i mean it it had to have been it's some somehow influenced by that movie because in my mind there were a fair amount of similarities um i mean this movie is is it's the trailer says that it was a superhero movie but I think it differs from that quite a bit. There's a lot of other things um, going on with it, but it's certainly a very stylized movie. There's a lot of high-speed zooms, quick dollies, like a lot of very stylized um, fisheye lenses and camera movement. And it is, um, I don't know if it's the heyday uh, of of, um, physical effects with um, a lot of really cool makeup effects and even uh, special effects back in the photochemical era where it's much more difficult to do um a lot of uh, interesting split screen type stuff so there's there's a lot going on in this movie um one of the scenes that really sticks out to me right away is um the the very end where there's a helicopter chase and it looks like they actually flew a couple of helicopters at pretty low altitude with a guy hanging on a rope um downtown LA which is like I I'm sure it must not be logistically easy to do that kind of thing and so that was a pretty pretty um, amazing to see that when you know nowadays they probably just do it in front of a the a, a volume or like or you know not even put on the table that they're going to do that and in, in real life and a lot of um a lot of very very interesting um makeup effects and uh, a whole lot of you know just just physical special effects but yeah the movie is um it was it was quite something to see very very stylized um very interesting so are i'm you, going to are you leading
0: uh, the witness
2: way wait, wait what's <laughs> stylized. Huh? okay all right
1: I, I want to i want to start start a, a a conversation here so so austin i'm gonna pass it off to you for for your uh for your your uh comments stylize is a great great word to uh
0: to single out <laughs> or, or to describe uh this film because uh Another word that I would go along with is abysmal.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Painful, maybe. Um, yeah, definitely stylized, but it, it hurt in, in not the good ways that I sometimes want. And, you know, again, we're looking back on these things and, and seeing how they stand out for us today. And, yeah, 1990 was a different time. But I just, I, I couldn't find myself caring about the characters, the story that they presented of, you you know, uh, having a girlfriend who found out some issue with a realtor and things go wrong. They essentially want to get her, but he's the one who got Scott and now he just wants to kill everyone. I, okay, whatever. Um, And, and just his motivation of not wanting to be a to be called a freak driving this intense anger and need to kill. Um, It was like the back of
1: the future. Like, are you a chicken? (laughs) You know, like (laughs) it totally (laughs) was that
0: it it is so focused on, on that particular item. Um, And I think when you say stylized, I could say it was, it was comical and, you know, in a way that it clearly was intended, but I didn't enjoy it. So I think of um, you know his his I'm angry scenes these scenes where they they gave him the little flashback into his synapses that are crackling in his head because you're trying to get insight into this is a man who's gone a little gone a little crazy and, uh, and then just just the music that would play and the flashing lights and the lack of the epilepsy warning that was probably needed as as the seizure that I was having kicked in because I couldn't handle it. 'Cause those things would come in and they'd be disjointed and you'd jump right back to the film and you just kinda say what's going on and and I I can't unfortunately can't compare some other films of the time to think of how green screen effects might might have been going. But uh this one hurt. Like I feel like I could trace the outline of the pop out <laughs> of every single person who was standing in front of either a green screen or a blue screen, whatever they were using at that time to do their effects. It was not it was not pleasant to look at. So you know, when I think of the best thing of this film, it was me being impressed that a stunt person was hanging from a wire underneath a helicopter flying through downtown L.A. That is the thing that I said, "Oh wow, this is actually cool." But uh, prosthetic machine gun, nun check wielding, battling—you <laughs> know—nonsensical dialogue. I, oh, I, I, I was, I was. Beaten down by the time this film was over, I'm actually surprised I got it through. This is one where if I saw it through there today, I would have walked out. Definitely would have walked out. Not something that I was, I was happy to watch. Oh, but I think I told you how I felt about it now,
2: um, Matt.
0: Just let me throw it to you. Tell us how you feel.
2: <laughs> I, you know, I definitely feel like I'm, I'm in the middle between these two uh, points of view. Um, I do appreciate the style. It's, it's a very Sam Raimi movie. And as a fan of his earlier works, I mean, with the Evil Dead series, Dark, you know, Army of Darkness is definitely one of my favorites growing up. Um, you can definitely see the Spider-Man franchise and a lot of the shots from the way that Sam Raimi, you know, directed the movie and the way that Bill Pope uh, shot the movie. You can definitely see the thread that has gone through through the decades. Um, and I do appreciate it. It's a very unique point, you know, way of making movies. Um and I think that if the genre uh, meshes well with it, I think it works. Um, or at the very least, if the the way that it's shot uh, is specific to that what's happening in that particular scene, I think it's fine. Um, I'm I'm just remembering the intro sequence uh, when the two gangs are are clashing in the warehouse, and the you know. Uh, you know, I think it's like three or four zooms that happens on what was his name, Durant, um, for some reason, when it's going back and forth between him and the other uh, leader of uh, of a gang or whatever. And so you're just getting these zooms and it just doesn't make any sense. But there are some sequences where I feel like it, it you know, stylistically does work for it. But there is no good acting in this movie. Which is weird, considering the 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 star power that's in this movie. Um, I don't know if the intention was to be funny um scenes that you know I mean the pink elephant sequence alone you know you you kind of get the feeling that it's supposed to be serious, but I couldn't stop laughing. I can only imagine what it would have been like if I was drunk watching it. I'm sure I would have been in tears um so i I don't know what the intent was it It's so hard to tell it's one of those you know. I, you know, I definitely know that in recent years, it's kind of fallen into that cult category, you know, with Rocky Horror Picture Show and The Room and a few others where, you know, it's so bad that it's good, you know, level of, uh, of movie watching. um, But it doesn't hold up to me. Um, Did I enjoy it? Yeah, but probably not for the reason that the, you know, director, writer, and all the actors probably intended. Um, I will say that the thing that probably hurt it the most was it trying to be a superhero movie, which is weird because it starts off that way. Like, I know that Sam Raimi really wanted to do a shadow movie or a Batman movie and try to get the rights for it and couldn't get the rights for it, so he just decided to make his own superhero movie. Um, But then very much splashed in, you know, um, Phantom of the Opera, and the elephant man and you know Mm -hmm. universal horror movies into it and i just don't know if those two things really meshed very well like i get why but it just didn't really work and i don't know if it was just you know that isn't a good combination or that it just wasn't you know uh performed very well in this one case like maybe there was something there that it could have turned out well but just wasn't executed to it its
1: fullest potential I mean, what's interesting think? is I feel like I feel like there is potential there, but I mean, the one thing that just sticks out to me is just the stylization of it. It's hard to get past some of the uh, some of that, like the store, all that kind of stuff. Just just overwhelms. Like you were talking to Austin with the synapses and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, that just kind of to me just overwhelms all of the other story but i do think there's actually an interesting story idea in there i mean it's basically like it's similar to like you know like the man of a thousand faces or like the saint type of situation where the guy has like a perfect mask system where he could just wear a mask and just hide as a crowd and to be it, any other person he needs to be although he has like a time limit before the perfect mask situation melts away but I do think that there's a there's a pretty interesting story idea in there to move along. I mean, obviously there was a um there was other Darkman movies that I didn't see, like other direct to DVD sequels that maybe explored these ideas more thoroughly. But I do think there's story in there just in terms of how how okay, like he can I mean if he could hold his his, you know, like his um psychology together, you know, like and not go crazy and not be so worried about being called a freak i think that there's something in there in terms of just like being able to hide as another person and there's that fantasy of being like whoever you want to be whenever and just like disappear and to especially if you're like disfigured and you can't go out in public or whatever like just to be able to hide as another person seems to be like a story there even though in many cases it's probably like a story that goes down a dark path like no pun intended it was fully intended it was Without question it was fully intended
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i get get what you're saying but again this is i feel like that's the that's the 1990 part of you talking there And, and not
1: the 2021 you who's saying you know is this a story you're interested in today i mean i think it could be told today I mean, I think it would be a lot different than the story that we got in this movie. Like, like I said, the stylization was pretty, like, you know, brought to the forefront in, in this movie. But I think, imagine if you don't have any of that, and if you just have a guy who's disfigured, but has a, an ability to have a mask, I think that, you know, you can go many different ways with that kind of situation. So, back to Phantom of the Opera.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I-
2: yeah, I will say really
0: though a, a little bit just in terms of you're right. You didn't watch a two and a three and you know, uh, I'll let you go here in a second, Matt, but just thinking about it, did what we watched even weren't a two and a three? <laughs> did there have been sequels to this film?
2: I, I mean, watching it now, I don't think so, but clearly there must've been, there must've been some sort of demand back then. I I don't know when the sequels were released. I imagine relatively quickly after this one came out, but there must've been some sort of demand or maybe it was just not too different than the superhero rush now where, you know, they were just trying to ride out the wave while they could. Cause I mean, realistically, I mean that it didn't last that long when you really think about it. I mean, we basically had Batman in 89, um, returns came out in what 91, 92 for Batman returns. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was kind of the end of because I mean we had a couple we we did have the shadow came out, the Phantom came out. this came out. I feel like there was a couple other smaller ones. I mean I suppose Ninja Turtles was kind of out I don't know if you want to consider that superhero movies, but it kind of has that same kind of vibe um as a superhero movie. So I kind of feel like the the area was obviously a lot smaller as far as from like eighty nine to let's say like ninety four ninety five Um, And then it kind of died off again until Spider-Man came out um, in 2001. Um, So I don't know. I don't, looking back at it now, I don't think there was much of a story to really warrant it. Like I personally, I don't, you know, I don't think that there's a story here that could be told in today's day and age, at least as it's being presented, the core elements here. Maybe if you took a few tidbits and kind of rearranged it, Um, and did some new stuff with it I don't think the revenge story works nearly as well Um, the face mask thing I think is kind of would have to be revived or you know maybe re-looked at from a different point of view for it to work because I kind of feel like I don't know actually I was about to say it doesn't really work but they do it in Mission Impossible all the freaking time so yeah I was was (laughs) just
1: thinking Mission Impossible too yeah (laughs) like like, no, no
2: one would sit there and believe that this guy can literally change his bone structure by putting on a mask but Tom Cruise does it all the time. So <laughs> I guess maybe I can't say anything about that. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, you know, I guess the question would be like, could we see a Netflix or a Amazon dark man revival? Um, maybe a limited series, you know, eight, nine episodes and really flesh out the characters, you know, a lot better. Um, and I definitely feel like maybe the reason why he becomes dark man could be changed I feel like Essentially him getting caught in the crossfire doesn't really do much for the His his Reasoning like maybe if I, I Can't remember what her character's name was McDormand's Character had died um, During the during the Explosion and so his revenge Wasn't so much about his disfigurement But more about her her murder But maybe not maybe she just became The crow all of a sudden <laughs> You know Um but I don't know, maybe, maybe it could work if, if you change some key elements there and you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see this as another movie. I definitely wouldn't want to see it as a movie. It'd have to be something a little bit more long form, but not so, I don't want to see like a CW, dark Darkman. Um, I'd much rather something along the lines of, you know, Netflix where they're allowed to go more into, you know, violence, darker themes and stuff like that. And it it remain, you know, all pun intended, you know, dark.
0: You piqued my interest with CW Darkman. They probably <laughs> already have that show in the works.
2: Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> it's probably already
0: in the works. It's gonna be young, hot people. <laughs> this is this is going. is going a bad way. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, okay. I mean, I, I accept all that. I think I agree with you there, Matt. It's it's the idea of bringing it back. Maybe deep diving into. Something a bit more, giving him a motivation that is beyond, you know, being caught in the crossfire, beyond you did damage to me, so now I want to mess everyone up, and the, the drive of if they did actually kill her, and therefore he is doing XYZ. Uh, I like that, actually. I mean, it's basic, but it's serviceable.
2: Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the problem too. Is that that's you know that's core level, I mean, almost to the point. It's even beyond cliche, right? Like maybe maybe if it was something like because uh, in this story she finds out information which leads to her getting killed or whatever. You know, maybe if it was more along the lines of you know he did something to you know cause the events to occur. So it's it's revenge, but it's also guilt, right? He he caused you know the problem you know i know in this one he's a scientist maybe they can kind of alter it a little bit maybe like it being about real estates stupid Let, let's not have dark man be about real estate that that that's <laughs> that's just not that just doesn't work I don't even know if it worked back in the nineties. Like was real estate that, that hot of a commodity that they start murdering people and have gang wars over real estate. What was LA back in 1990?
1: Yeah. It's almost like they wanted to have like a bond villain, like a cat petting type of like corporate type of villain to, to the scale of what this movie was.
2: I actually thinking back on now may, I might be digging a little bit too deep into this, this movie that I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, I think it really hurt this movie. The fact there was essentially two villains that you had Durant and then corporate sleazeball guy, whose name I can't even remember having those two bad guys, I think really hurt this movie because I remember Durant and I remember there, there was the corporate bad guy, but can't remember his name. I remember he was kind of sleazy. He was trying to hit on McDormand's character, but I think having the two villains kind of hurt it, especially in the last act.
0: Oh, the nail gun act.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was fine, but I mean, there wasn't really any, you know, the whole Durant was really the driving force for a majority of it.
1: I think you're going to love the sequel, then. It is titled Darkman 2, The Return of Durant. I mean, did they just copy Return of Jafar and he just... (laughs) Well, if I'm not mis- if I'm not mistaken, he died in a fiery crash. So now you've got maybe two Darkmans running around, and the second Darkman. So it's this Robocop two. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I, I, I mean, okay. So again,
0: back 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 to our core thing. We're we're 31 years on, Bobby. Are you are you putting this? Are you grabbing the VHS that you saved because you bought Darkman back in 1990? Are you taking it out, putting it in, and watching this movie again?
1: I think that watching it again for one time, this first time, to see it again and have the experience of watching it again fulfilled my desire to watch this movie, and I do not have any other desire to continue to watch it again so i mean i'd love to hear more about how it was made and all that kind of stuff but actually watching the actual movie is in the past for me now oh that is
0: that's is a very very nice way of putting that how about for you matt
2: yeah i'm done i i'm I, the fact that i made it through what was this 90 minutes whatever the runtime was the fact that i made it through this time is Borderline a miracle. So I would like, why, why would I do that to myself ever again? I, In my I,
1: mind, it gets extra points for only being 96 minutes long or however long it was.
2: That's 90 minutes too long.
0: It is a very short film. Um, y- you know, I think we're landing on this space of not necessarily recommending that you watch this, but if you do, you definitely know what you're getting into at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of Sam Raimi, of Evil Dead, of his kind of stuff, um, then I mean, I think it's worth a watch. You know, it's certainly like the same kind of thing where you'll see some of the same people. Bruce Campbell has a great cameo. Um, You definitely see Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother. So all that kind of stuff is fun to see. And you definitely see the, the characteristics of Raimi movies and you say, oh yeah, okay. Like, I can see this in some of the other movies like we mentioned. So I think if you're a huge fan of Sam Raimi, I think it's it's worth it's worth at least seeing and seeing what he's done. One time if you've never seen it before. Correct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just make that clarification there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well with that said, um again, check it out you want to hurt a little bit but there's still something there you might enjoy as always thank you so much for listening to the review podcast we'll see you next time